for health. Maybe you're staying at home because of some of the, the, the reasons that piled up this week and you're still trying to take care of those things. Whatever the reasons are, we're thrilled to have you joining us online today. Can we give everybody watching online just a great big relate welcome today and let them know that we love them. We love you. We care about you. It means so much to us that we get to do this together. And so would you just tell you, the person sitting, now we say neighbor, and people tell me that's weird. They're not my neighbor. They're, but that's what I call the person sitting next to me. Just look over and tell somebody next to you, I love you. I care about you. If it was weird, just say, I care about you. <laughs> Sometimes that's the only I love you that person may have gotten. Maybe we're here to love each other. We are, we are the body of Christ. We are God's representative. Last week, man, can we give it up for the five for five speakers? They did such an awesome job. If you weren't here for that or you didn't get to watch it, then go rewatch the, uh, the broadcast from last week. You can find that uh, on, on Facebook. And re man, it was just great to hear that we have such powerful voices, people who can hear from God and speak in public. And it's not just me. That is, that's really fun to know that we are growing. We're getting stronger as a team. Amen. How about give it up for the dream team? We, we are still working, still doing what we do every single week. You guys are so, so awesome. So with that said, we're going to jump into a brand new series today called Better. I want better in my life. I want the best that God has for me. And a lot of times that's, that doesn't have anything to do with the, the cards that you're dealt. It has everything to do with the choices we make. And I'm going to show you how some of that works. First of all, I want to talk about the difference between uh, sometimes even uh, small choices make a big difference. But uh, I asked you earlier who, who went out of power. How many of you guys, you didn't lose power at all? That would, that would be better, right? If you could choose between having power in a storm and not having power, you would choose power. If you could choose to not lose heat, if you could choose to not lose water, then that would be better. Obviously, we would, we would choose that. But this week, I, I, was on the, I felt like I was on the phone every day and just trying to connect with you guys, talking to people in state, out of state. And I was talking to a, a friend of ours in California, and they were asking, how are things going? How are you doing? How, how are you dealing with this and that? And I just told them, we're, I, I actually said, we're managing chaos. There's so many things happening. We were out, I remember one day, just out with the chainsaw. Jake and I were just cutting firewood for you guys who were coming to pick up and uh, every little thing we could do, do this, do this, do this, run over here, run over there. Um, but then the, the, the person I was talking to on the phone said, oh, well, we're just here in uh, sunny California, 68 degrees with the wind blowing and the palm trees swaying. And I just thought, you are a gross person. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anymore. And so if I had a choice, though, to have 68 degrees and sunny weather or an ice storm. Obviously, one's better than the other. And to take it an even step further, a, a step further than that, I have another friend that lives in Mexico. And so we were talking this week, and I said, how are you doing? How, are you guys okay down, down there? He said, oh, yeah, we're sitting here on the beach, and it's, it's beautiful, and you don't want to know everything. So I, at that point, I wanted to hang up, but that's just... Finish the conversation, but if you gave me the choice, would you rather be in an ice storm or in California or sitting on the beach in Mexico? 
there's some better choices. And I think when, when we unpack today's message and we start digging into, really the title of this message is in the middle of lesson number one for better. We're looking at how to worry better. And that may seem a little bit weird to you, but I want to show you that there's a choice. They, there, there are different ways to worry. And there are clear, better ways to worry. So I want us to jump in with our first verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I, I'm sure if you've been around here for a little while, you've heard this verse. It is a great, great insight into where we should be, where our thoughts and minds should be in the middle of trial. So Paul, from a prison cell on uh, the threat of death, is writing this letter to to the church. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, one, one translation says, be anxious for nothing. Like all the anxiety, all the, the times where I'm just anxious, biting my fingernails and worried and things are running through my mind. And I can have a, just like you, I can have a checklist of, I got to weatherproof my house. <laughs> I have to make sure that things are in order. I got to take care of the dog, take care of the uh, the kids, take care, make sure we got the right food, make sure that the, the AC is checked on and pipes are wrapped and A, B, C, D, E, just all, a never-ending list, right? In the midst of all those things, he says, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't worry about anything. It almost seems like, but Paul, wait a second. I've got this, 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 and this. Some of us have different issues, right? We got the whole different lists of things that apply. He says, instead, pray about everything. Like, talk to God. And I'll just stop there for a second. If you haven't, if you've gone through the last week and you haven't been talking to God this week, that's a good starting point. You're overcome by anxiety. You've been having worrying issues and all the problems. Even the weather is gone, but you're still anxious, he says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And not just give him your list of needs, but also thank him for, the, for all he has done. How about, uh, thank you, God, that I have a broken pipe. That sounds hard to pray. Thank you, God, that we're in the middle of a power outage, and I don't know how I'm going to keep myself warm tonight. That's hard. But he didn't give us exceptions. He said, actually, he... He, he lumped everything when he said, don't be worried about anything. Not anything. He didn't say, except if. So the choice today is that we, we don't have to worry. We don't have to carry that and be anxious about anything. Except instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Now, we don't necessarily like that verse, but we love the next verse. Because the next verse is the promise. The, the next verse says, then you will experience what? Some of y'all got to wake up. Then you'll experience what? There we go. God's peace. And uh, <laughs> the NIV says the peace of God. His peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It surpasses everything we understand. It transcends. That means it doesn't have anything to do with our checklist. That the peace is not, God's peace is not controlled by our circumstances or by the list of problems that we have. Because let me tell you this, you can have a checklist with two things on it and still be overcome by anxiety. You can, you can have a checklist of a hundred things 
not knowing how you're going to do it and still have the peace of God. That's where we want to be. I want to be in the middle of all the problems saying, okay, I got God's peace with me. I got the peace of God with me. And when I have the peace of God with me, what does the peace of God do? The peace will, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. It's guarding us against all of those other things. So this week, as I was running around covering plants, I, was, I have a limited amount of, of sheets and blankets and tarps to cover plants that I have. If you've been to my house, you know we have hundreds of plants. And I thought, well, if it freezes too hard, I like you a little bit better than I like you. So we're going to cover you. And so all these things. And then a couple of times I went out there and swip, switched it thinking, no, made a bad decision. We'll keep this one. I have all those things just running through my head. Even once I said it, it kept coming, coming back into my head. And then we wrapped pipes and, and I kept thinking, well, what if this happens? And that, that's the problem, right? All of our anxieties, they, they keep coming back to, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if, what if? And that's, a, that's like a, a black hole that you just, once you start thinking of what if this happens, then there's any number of other what ifs. And so after the first night of freeze, we woke up and boom, broken pipe. After all the work I did, still a broken pipe. But at our warehouse, we have the, uh, the well that comes out of the ground. And so when one of the pipes broke, I thought we could just turn the water off. But then the well pipe will break if it's off. So you have to keep the water moving. So I thought, okay, we have very little time. I ran to Home Depot. They weren't closed yet. And then I got, I jumped out of the car. The kids were with me and we had just a few minutes to get in there and get the pipe. Sure enough, there's a, like a million people in line out the door. And the guy just tells us at the back of the line, no, we're closed. And I, I turned to turn away and then the kids got to see me turn back around. And I decided I was going to tell him that they weren't closed yet because I have a right to go in there and get our pipe fixed. That did not work out. They were still closed, no matter what I said. And so I ungraciously walked away and decided that we're just going to have to figure it out. But all going home, I'm thinking, this is going to get bad. All the preparation I thought I had taken care of. I thought I had done the checklist. Like, I've fixed everything. We checked every box and we're done. And yet we hadn't. And I lost my peace just like that. And as I sat down, I finally just gave in and said, okay, well, I guess all the pipes are going to break. <laughs> and we'll just have to clean it up tomorrow. And then I just felt like the Lord was telling me, well, so what if all the pipes break? You can fix it. I thought, yes, I can. Okay, all right. <laughs> Forgive me. Not just for losing my mind for a few minutes and getting caught up in the, the frenzy of the ice storm, but also for forgetting for a little while that, you know what, God's in control. Even if all the, even if all the pipes break, I'm going to be okay. Even if, all the, even if I have to rip out all the sheetrock from all of the places that we're taking care of, we can do that. And we started to. It's okay. Because when Paul was in prison, he was facing death, and he didn't say, you know, don't worry about anything except if you get this, this, or this. No, he was speaking from a place of experience. 
He was speaking from a place saying, you know what? If anybody has a reason to be anxious, I do. But I don't have to be because I have the peace of God. In other words, if I can do it, you can do it. Even if you know you're going to die tomorrow, then what? So what? Because I can't have my eyes so set on this world that I lose my mind and forget that the real peace and the real perfect life is in the next one. That even if I die today, tomorrow I wake up in heaven. That's a way better outlook. That's a way better peace to hold with me that no matter how many pipes break, sure. Hey, Paul was on a ship that was shipwrecked. He said, it's okay. <laughs> he got at me there for a reason. Maybe God had you at Home Depot for a reason. Maybe God had you. I'm not saying he did it to you on purpose, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. So I want you to look at this word right here. Uh, we don't always do a word study, but I want to look at this word. The word for anxious there in the Greek is merimnate. Everybody say that. Merimnate. But if you look at it real close, it almost looks, if you say it in English, it almost looks like marinate. Marinate. But that word, that anxious, that's like I'm, just think about it this way. <laughs> I'm marinating in that problem, the stress of it, the worry of it. There are lots of places where, where Paul uses this word and Jesus uses this word. He says when, when you're thinking about, don't worry or marinate about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat tomorrow or if you're in a bad situation, what you're going to say because God will give you the words. Don't marinate. But I want to show you, here's the choice. Real quick, it's very simple. I believe that your choice in how to worry is right here. The secret of it is right here in this word, Merimnate. If you ever have done any Greek um, Bible studies, then you understand maybe that like the word, the, the, the Greek uses different words for love. There are four different ones. Or sometimes they use the same word, but it means multiple things. And we can see in the context that how you use the word or what form of the word determines exactly the precise meaning. So this word, merimnate, he says, don't be anxious. Don't let it overcome you. That's that needless wheel spinning in your mind, just chewing all your fingernails off. But in another passage, two chapters back in Philippians, he uses the same word, merimnate, but he uses it this. He wants to send someone to the church instead of just a letter. He's going to send someone, but he says, I don't have anyone but one person. He said, I have no one else like Timothy, who genuinely cares about your welfare. Those words, genuinely cares. Guess what? Merimnate. So they translated the same merimnate, the same Greek word in this passage was not translated anxiety. Like don't be anxious and worry, but it's translated genuinely cares. One translation calls it genuine concern. Can, can we make the choice between, okay, I have a checklist of issues. We all have a checklist of issues. But you have a choice whether or not you're going to have genuine care and concern for those things. Or you're going to let that genuine care and concern amp up and blow out and become anxiety. Because I do believe that that there are a couple of problems that are plaguing this world right now, and isolation is one, 
But another one is anxiety. We are letting our anxiety, instead of it being a checklist of things we have to take care of, it's a thing that rules us. It's a thing that is looming over us. And it, we wake up in the morning and we're crushed by the weight of anxiety and the problems and the issues. And I just can't do it another day. God says you don't have to live in that space. But you can have all of those same issues on your checklist and still have the peace of God. So really quickly, I want us to first look at a lesson that Jesus teaches the disciples. And again, you are probably very familiar with this passage. And I'll, I'll keep bringing it back because there's so much power here in this passage. I want us to look at this passage uh, where Jesus teaches the disciples a lesson. And then we're going to go into five ways that you can choose peace over anxiety. Where you can choose genuine care and concern for the things that need to be cared and concerned about, or you can choose anxiety, but you have to make a choice. So Jesus, with the disciples, teaches them a lesson. And in fact, at one point, he, it's almost like he asked them, have you not learned this lesson yet? So watch this. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. They had gotten in the boat. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side, to the other bank. They all got in the boat and then they sailed out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and then a squall came. A storm came upon them, and it just so happens that storms can come up just like that. Like, all of a sudden, you're in a storm. That's the way it happens there. It says that the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. If you're like me this week, then that's a pretty good description of my week. Nearly swamped. Trudging through slush and ice and mud and just a mess. Some of us had that in our houses. Some of us had that inside of our property and we're just looking around and it's like we're nearly swamped. But Jesus was in the stern. He was, un, he was in the deck sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? In other words, they were worried for their lives. We'll just stop there for one second it's really easy to look around in the middle of a storm, in the middle of everything crashing down around you and start wondering, does anyone care? Does God care? I remember thinking this week, so-and-so would call, and then I would think, well, I wonder if someone else, if the other person's going to call. I wonder if so-and-so is going to call. I wonder if they care. And trying to make all those phone calls and make sure that we're connected because we absolutely care. And God cares for you, even in the middle of the storm. But he wakes up and of course he cares, but they feel like he doesn't care. And so I want to show you five quick ways that you can, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of everything crashing around you, in the middle of what you would normally carry anxiety through, you're able to have the peace of God. So number one, how do we choose better? How do we choose to worry better? Number one, choose my words. So real quick, your words matter. I, I, could, I could spend the rest of my time today trying to convince you that your words matter. Would you just tell someone sitting next to you, your words matter. If you're online right now, put it in the chat. Your words matter. Your words, what you say every day in the middle of crisis, when the worst comes to worst and that bad thing happens and boom, that word comes out of your mouth, it matters. What did you say this week? Maybe you said something like, you know what? I'm just so burnt out. 
That's those words, you're creating something in your world. God created the world. God, in, in, the, in the seven days of creation, he created light by speaking it. Let there be light. You're creating things in your world by the things that you say. You're saying words that are creating problems. Now, it's creating the atmosphere in the world that you live in. Maybe you've said, I'm just so freaked out. I'm at my breaking point. Well, yes, you are. You're at your breaking point, and you're getting closer to that breaking point. But what you say matters. What it, what it, maybe you said, I have a lot on my plate, and I'm just, everything is getting on my nerves, and I don't know if I can take it for another day. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Those words are leading us towards something. I've seen a t-shirt that says, Mama needs a drink. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this. Like the words that we say are creating an atmosphere. But what is that atmosphere building? Is it faith? I don't know. What, are you, what world are you unintentionally creating just because of the things that fly out of your mouth? How about this? I hate being around you. I hate being in this place. I hate this. I hate that. I hate my job. I hate my boss. I hate this person. I hate this person. I hate everything about my life. What kind of world am I creating? Pastor Furtick had an amazing tool to use. And just add this little phrase on the end of everything you say, and then you'll know whether or not you should be saying it or not. Are you all ready for it? Two people are ready for it. <laughs> all right, here we go. All you have to say is, and that's just the way I like it. <laughs> so let's try it. I hate this place. I can't stand being around these kids. I can't be here for another minute. And that's just the way I like it. Eh, something's wrong there. Oh, man, I got to get a drink. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And that's just the way I like it. It doesn't work. How about I can't, I don't want to spend another day in this life and that's just the way I like it. It doesn't work. If you're not saying the things that you want to see in your life, you're not creating the right world. Psalm 141, David says this, O Lord, set a guard at my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard at my mouth. If you're just inadvertently saying this and that, and just whatever slipped out, oops, sorry, bad word slipped out, or oops, sorry, I didn't mean that. I was just venting. If the Holy Spirit is telling you something about today, let me give you a secret. If something, if you feel like you're supposed to change something today, do something about it. Be accountable to someone. Maybe there's someone in your small group. Listen, this is the secret of small groups. That you go to a small group, you connect with people, and just a two, three, four weeks, you're able to trust someone just enough to say, you know what? This week, I feel like the Lord was really le like dealing with me on this thing that I say. If you hear me say this, it might be a friend. It might be someone, but it's got to be someone of faith. It's got to be someone who understands why you're telling them. So that when you say, if you hear me say this, like, God, I hate my life, just because that's the thing you say, and I'm just picking something out of the air. 
if you, if you tell someone, if you hear me say this, just help me not say that. And in, in my family, we have this little phrase that's almost a joke, but it's not a joke. Because it's almost like, hey, don't say that. It's a, I'm joking with you, but don't say it. We say this, I don't receive that. It's, a, it's kind of a joke, but if someone says, man, I could just die. Then one of us, the kids or my, somebody will say, I don't receive that. I don't, you're not going to die. That's just our way of saying, hey, don't say that. Your words matter. Your words matter. Or even if you just say stuff like, you know, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. I'm garbage. I don't receive that for you. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants to be around me anyway. I don't receive that for you. You got to stop yourself somewhere fast enough to where your mind clicks in that it matters what you're saying. You got to say better things and your life will be better. Number two, and you can write this down. Number two, choose faithful companions. And when I say that, I don't just mean people. The things that are speaking into your life, like you can control what comes out of your mouth. Like David said, put a guard at my mouth. Let me be careful about what comes out of my mouth, but also choose your companions and make sure they're full of faith. Maybe your, your companion is the news that you turn on every morning. Maybe it's your phone. You feel like I can't be without my phone. I got things, I got apps to check and people to check on. But what is that thing saying to you? What is the voice of that companion making you feel like? Peace or anxiety? I made a decision at the beginning of this, before the beginning of this year, to turn off the news. Because every time I turn on the news, all I was getting was this negative, 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 negative. And it was making me worry about things that I can't even control. I'm like worried about things that don't even matter to me. I had to remind myself, there's nothing, about, nothing I can do about that anyway. I was saying over, I just kept saying, well, what are you going to do? And after saying that a hundred and a thousand times, I was like, yeah, I'm going to change the channel. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the channel. And the channel might be a person. It might be a TV channel. It might be the channel on your phone. It might be the thing that you're reading, the thing that's speaking to you. And some of us can go so deep down those trails of voices that the companions that we've taken, I have people come to me, tell me, tell me all the time, Pastor, have you heard about this? And I don't even have to say it because you know what I'm talking about. So I'll give you a couple of examples, but like the, the, the space footage is fake. Or, Pastor, have you heard about this? It's like there are, the world is flat, I think. Like, wait a second. Hold on. I'm just trying to pick something crazy because you got your own things that just like going through your mind and you're like, that might be true. I don't know what, like my friend says, a pastor, my cousin told me this thing. You, pastor, I saw this YouTube video. I need you to check it out. I was like two o'clock in the morning the other day. I was watching YouTube and like I found this video. I think it might be real. Like, can you just take a step back from that for a second? My first response to you is first off what matter what is what does it matter what are you going to do what are you going to do even if it is even if guys i don't believe the world's flat but even if the world is flat what are you going to do about it well pastor they're just trying to get us they're trying to, they don't want us to know the truth and i'm like who's they who 
Listen, most of you, you tell me, I don't believe what they say on the news anyway. I don't believe the newscasters tell us the truth. I don't think we're ever going to know the truth. Well, change the channel then. You don't believe them anyway. Change the channel. Because you need faithful companions that when you pick up the phone or you open up the app or whenever you text them that you're going to get something full of faith back. And when you say, you know what, I'm really struggling with this and I don't want to say these words anymore and I don't want to live this life anymore. I want the better life that God has for me. I want a life full of peace. You need somebody who says, yes, let's get that life full of peace. Psalm 101, I love this verse. David says, I'll search for faithful people to be my companions. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. And liars will not stay in my presence. Watch this. Next verse. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city. Would you just say that out loud? Free the city. Your city is your home. He was the king of the whole city, but you're the king of your home. You need for your house to be free and peaceful. He says, free the city from the, of the Lord from their grip. You are right now, you might be under the grip of anxiety and stress and worry and stuff that you can't even control. You've been listening to depression and the frenzy of worry and other people's worry, other people's words. If you take them and listen to them, they can create a world of chaos that you live in. Number three. You need to choose. Sometimes you have to choose your own words, other people's words. But there are times where you can't take those words out of your life because the devil's going to keep coming back and he's going to keep telling you that you're not good enough. You should be ashamed of yourself. Your past is going to catch up to you, that you are so guilty and you know it. You know what you have to do to that? You can pray that God takes the devil away, but God gives us a very simple, he says, resist the devil and he will flee. You have to stand up like Jesus said to the storm and say, quiet, be still. You're not going to, you have to tell the voice of shame. The Bible says that the devil is our accuser. He's, he just keeps coming back to accuse you. He's going to keep coming back and telling you that, hey, you're nothing. God doesn't love you. Those people don't like you. You walk into the room, everybody's looking at you and judging you. And if you don't stand up and say, quiet, be still. Three words. If you can't stand up and resist that accusation, then you'll carry it and it'll become anxiety and it'll keep rolling through your mind. And whenever you should not even be thinking about it, you'll be thinking about it. It's the thing that only you're thinking about. You think that you walk into the room and it seems like everybody else is normal and you have this just, it's like a little mouse <laughs> on that little Cage running, 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 just going, going, going. I've had people ask me so many times, Pastor, is God punishing me? I keep waiting for the, for the next bad thing to happen. I know it's coming. You feel like you deserve this because you've been listening to that little voice. I know people who say, you know, bad things come in threes. When someone dies, they're looking for the second and third person. When, some, when, I when I lose my job or someone loses something, they're like, well, bad things come in threes. You just got to keep looking. Watch out for it. You think your past is going to catch up to you. Listen, Jesus paid full price for your sin. 
He didn't pray. He, he didn't die on a Tuesday when everything was half off. He died on a Friday and he paid full price for your sin. That means whenever you start feeling that shame and that guilt and that anxiety over, I shouldn't even be here. I, I'm not a church person. I don't, I don't belong here. God doesn't love me. You need to wake up and say, quiet, be still. I'm bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. I like what Joyce Meyer said. She said, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never even have. You might be carrying around anxiety, worrying about something that doesn't even matter. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, Jesus, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the, wa the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. There's a storm inside of you. Like, I don't care about the ice storm or the, the, the squall that Jesus was speaking to. If you read the story, there are storms in our lives and in our hearts where we need to wake up and tell the storm to calm down. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee. Number four, I like this one. A choice that you can make every single day is choose to set our expectations. You can choose to set your expectation. And sometimes you might think that I'm saying lower your expectations. But no, I'm saying you can raise your expectations because the life and the perfection that we want to happen is really when we reach heaven. It's not this world that we live in. Well, I didn't expect my pipes to break. I didn't expect that we'd ever have an ice storm. I didn't expect this. I didn't, ex I didn't expect this. Proverbs 13 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when we have our hopes built up to something that will or won't ever happen, and then all of a sudden the other happens, now we feel heart sick. Now we're worried about it. Now things don't make sense. But if we'll realize that Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. What if, can I just say it this way? In this world, you will have a pandemic. If our, if our expectations change, then all of a sudden we're not thinking, well, God, what happened? You never said there would be a pandemic. Well, he did say there would be trouble. There's a lot of things that trouble can be. How about in this world, you will have a crazy Texas ice storm. In this world, your pipes are going to break and your ceiling's going to fall down and all your plumbing's going to be messed up. If that's our expectation, then like Paul sitting in prison, hey, I'm going to be in prison. I'm going to be on death row. I might be executed, but I've got the peace of God. Now my expectations are this, that, hey, pipes are going to break. If all the pipes break, I'm going to be okay. If I die, that's where it gets tough. If everything comes to worse, if, if worse comes to worse and everything I love is gone, I'm going to be okay. Why? Because he's with me. And because if I die today, tomorrow I'm in heaven with him. All the things that I want to be perfect in this world, I want to have a long life full and free of problems. That was never promised to me. I'm going to have problems. Just list out all. I'm going, have a, I'm going to have a huge checklist of problems, but I can still have the peace of God. Life's hard if my expectation changes. A life is hard. Most people are mean. The devil wants to kill you. Just go down the list. 
But God loves us and he's with us. And no matter whether we go high or low, he's with us. He's with us. Number five, your approach. So Paul had it so bad. And yet he said it wasn't about your checklist that determines your peace. It's your approach to that checklist. To the list of things and problems and issues and fires you need to put out. We could have the exact same life on paper. And yet one of us could have peace, the peace of God. And the other have complete and total overwhelming, crushing anxiety. Same issues. I want to be that person that the worst happens and I'm still able to say, well, here we go. Not because I don't care. No, I absolutely care. Jesus cared about the disciples. They said, don't you care that we're going to drown? Of course I care. I care about the checklist. I care about the problems. I care about the thing that's screaming in your face. I care about the issues. But I've got the peace of God. Quiet. Be still. So our approach really matters. I'm going to take just a minute right here. I want, to, I want to talk about the things. If I asked you, outside of the storm, the ice storm, outside of this week, outside of this year, what gives you anxiety? You probably can give me a list. Well, probably number one thing, money. Money gives me anxiety. Listen, if you'll change your approach to money, it won't give you anxiety. Get in a small group. Learn. Get with somebody. Learn about budgeting. Learn about how to approach your money differently. Because what happens is you've been approaching it the wrong way. In fact, a great question to ask you, write this down. Is it working? It is. What, what, your approach is either working or it's not working. If your approach has created anxiety and problems and stress and I can't do this, you know, you got the wrong approach. Change your approach. If you're spending too much and not making enough, you got to change something. If, if, if your answer to what stresses you out and what brings you anxiety is, well, Pastor Sean, traffic is so bad. Listen, your approach to traffic is wrong. Well, if you leave 10 minutes earlier, uh-oh, we'll move right along. If your approach is you're a student, and I got a couple right here, and your test is just making you full of anxiety and you're stressed out over this test, maybe you didn't study good enough. Food stresses you out, change your approach. People stress you out, you just got to change your approach. Well, changing your approach is hard. Do you want a life of peace? <laughs> or are you okay with the anxiety? How's it working for you? How's that working for you? This week I was reminded real quick in closing of all the things that God has done for us. Just reminded of all the good things. Of all, no matter where I go, no matter what happens, God is with us. And if we can keep that approach to life, in Psalm 139, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, verse 7, David gives us this incredible approach. Read the whole chapter. It's amazing. But I want to, I want to read to you verse 7. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. In other words, if I'm up or if I'm down, you're there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, like if I'm lost and I just, there's no way to find my way in life, you're still there with me. Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, like I'm afraid because things are getting dark and everything is going wrong, even the night shall be light about me. I'm okay even in the dark. Just like if I was in the light, there's no difference. Verse 12, indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. In other words, good times, bad times, when I'm high and when I'm low, when the pipes break, when the storm comes, or whenever things are, when it's sunshine and 68 degrees outside, no matter what it is, God's presence is with me. That means I approach every day knowing that I'm on his time. Jesus said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? In other words, have you still not learned this lesson? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In verse 41. But still he spoke three words to the storm. I think the disciples were concerned about the storm they could see on the outside and Jesus was concerned about what was going on the inside. I think that you and I need to be able to tell the storm inside, quiet, be still. We work so hard to overcome and prepare for the storms that come, to prepare the house, but have we taken the time to prepare our hearts for the anxiety and the, the lack of faith? Jesus said, Where's your faith? Let's choose to prepare today. Let's take a moment and just commit ourselves to faith. Commit ourselves to speaking the right things, protecting our own mouth, protecting our ears, protecting, resisting the devil. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for everything that is going good in our lives, everything that you've done good for us, everything that you've provided, that you've brought us through this week. We also thank you that you're, you are carrying us through even the bad times. God, today we submit every, every issue on our checklist, everything that can go wrong or right or up or down or dark or light. We, we trust you. We trust your presence with us to make a difference. Lord, we pray for those around us that we could be strength and voices of faith to them. We pray for God, help us to resist the words of the enemy. Help us to change our expectations that we can expect less out of this world but more from you, God. Less out of this world and this life that we get to live and more. God, our, our expectations are so high of heaven. And Lord, help us to change our approach every day that we wake up trusting you, knowing that you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The last thing I want to say before I let you go is this, that peace, true peace, starts with God. And the best choice you'll ever make is to invite Jesus to be your Savior. Today, if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I would love to... to say a prayer with you where you can invite the God of peace 
to bring peace to you. Because you could, you could be in a world of, of pain and in a world of that's just, the squall is all around you. But when you invite him in, when you wake him up, when you wake your faith up, and you invite Jesus into the situation, he steps right in. He takes control and he says, quiet, be still. I don't know about you, but I want him in my life. Without him, there is no life. You can be battered by the waves and the winds of life, or you can have him step in and walk with him. That's a, that's a very different story. So if that's you today and you have never invited him to be your savior, you've never invited him to join you on the journey of life, I'd like you to say that prayer with me. So would you just bow your head and close your eyes right now and so that no one's looking around except for me and the Lord. If you're at home right now and you want to say that prayer, would you say this prayer with me? If you're in the room and you want to say that prayer with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand up and say, Pastor Sean, I want to be included in that prayer. I'm ready to make a decision today. Just thank you. Thank you. I love that. Let's pray together. Say these words after me. God, I thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for my sin, to pay a price that I could never pay. Today, I invite you to come into my life and bring peace. I, I, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit and save me. Make me whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give a hand to everybody who said that prayer? I'm proud of you. I, I, I'm excited that we got to do that together. And I'm thrilled that you're here today. I can't wait to do life together with you. Pastor Susan's going to come and tell you about some really great things. Amen. Praise God if you said that prayer today. And if you did, when you leave out the door, we want to make sure we put this book in your hand. Fresh start. It's just a little something to accompany on your way. But you know what? This isn't all. We offer fellowship, community, small groups here. If you're not involved, we encourage you to get involved along your walk, your new fresh start with God. Amen. Amen. Fresh start. We were renewed every day. I love that message. Thank you so much, Pastor Sean, wherever you went. Um, today, we are going to give. Here's your ways to give right there. We'll have a, a, a usher with a bucket right outside the door. But you know what? We are so grateful and we are so thankful for your faithfulness in your giving. This last week, Relate has done wonderful things. We've provided blankets and food and water to all those in need. And we have an awesome, awesome opportunity coming up tomorrow, Monday. 3 o'clock, right? If you want more information at the warehouse, we got milk. Got milk? Relate's going to have milk. We're going to have a lot of milk. If you need milk, if you want milk, if you know people who need milk, if you know a ministry who can disperse milk, you meet us there at 3 o'clock. We got a big old truck full of milk. And it's cold milk and it's fresh milk. So come out, serve, help us load it into cars. If you just want to be a part of the service project, meet us. Talk to us out there for more information. Let me ask you to stand. Come on. We're going to worship a little bit more, but let me pray you out before we go. Father God, we just thank you for this message. 
we thank you for just at the just at the mention of your name that the waves and the wind die down and that the oceans open wide God. we know that you are so powerful and we put all of our trust in you and we put all of our love in you 